I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Will Adams, a chiropractor. Will, welcome to the show. Hi, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a chiropractor is and what it's like to be one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, chiropractors help people with neck and back pain um, by using something called a chiropractic adjustment. We also use um, kind of soft tissue therapy and physical therapy exercises. So we help people in pain without the use of drugs or surgery. So typically I'm, uh, you know, in my office uh, working one-on-one with patients. So you kind of just answered this question, but uh, what kinds of things do you actually do today at, day-to-day at work? And it's like, how many patients are you able to work with? Yeah. So um, at my office, I use a lot of different tools. So some of them are hands-on. Sometimes it's teaching patients about exercise. Sometimes it's teaching them about nutrition. Um, and typically, I'd, I see about 15 to 20 patients every day that I'm at the office. That's a, that's a lot. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? Um, so I had a great chiropractor growing up in my hometown. So when I was about uh, 15 years old, I started going to the chiropractor, uh, shout out to Dr. Van Ness in Barrington. Um, but I actually wanted to pursue a different career, um, which was a strength and conditioning coach. So throughout college and even a little bit after college, my, my dream was to become a strength coach. And then around 2016, I decided to make a switch. And that's when I went back to chiropractic school. Cool. So you kind of just answered this. Wait, uh, what do you like most and least about your job? Sorry. Most and least about my job? Yeah. So what I like most about being a chiropractor is that um, I get to work one-on-one with people. So it's a profession where, um, you know, I spend 30 to 60 minutes at a time one-on-one with my patients. So um, in addition to helping people get out of pain, it's really a chance to, uh, to get to know people and build a, build a strong relationship. The thing that I like least about the job is probably um, all the paperwork that I have to do at the end of the day. So we have to make sure that we document everything that happens in the office. And so I, I usually find myself spending, uh, you know, 30 or 45 minutes at the end of the day uh, writing notes. So I'm not, not, not thrilled about that part. Yeah. No one likes paperwork. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now a word from a sponsor. Your host, Kyle Northcutt here. My neighborhood recycling course at kidsgreenteam.com is now only $19. I want everyone who wants to start a business and help save the planet from harmful plastics to be able to start today. Go to kidsgreenteam.com to grab the course and get started now. Okay, back to the show. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job? Yeah, so I uh, I did four years of undergrad, and then I did four years of chiropractic school. So after high school, it was a total of eight years before I got my uh, degree in chiropractic. That's That's a lot of stuff. So what do you think the future of college education is as it relates to your profession? Do you ever see self-education certifications on the job training like Apple University replacing a traditional degree? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I think uh, I think that, uh, you know, an undergraduate degree will still be required and that could be, you know, either online or in person. Um, What I see changing about the profession is that I do see. Um, more hands-on training. Um, so right now, what sort of differentiates chiropractic school from medical school, for example, is that um, when a medical student graduates, they go on to do a residency. And so during a residency is when you kind of specialize and you get some hands-on experience in the field. So 
our profession doesn't have that as much. So I do see chiropractors going on to specialize and then doing some sort of residency, which would be in person, um, either at a clinic or a hospital. So I think, uh, I think that's coming very soon, actually. I think within the next five to 10 years, that'll be in our profession. Um, and then a big, big part of being a chiropractor, particularly, um, you know, if you want to be a great chiropractor is taking seminars. And so that's already a really important part of our profession. So um, I probably have done about 50 seminars outside of school at this point um, in my career. So so for those of you listening that don't know what seminars are, could you explain that? Yeah, yeah. So typically, at least within our profession, a seminar is like a weekend course. So it'll be, you know, either two or three days. Um, and it'll be usually in something very specific. So, for example, um, if there's a, a specific type of adjusting or a specific type of rehab that you're interested in, in as a chiropractor, um, you can take a weekend course. So sometimes that'll be something that'll come here locally. Sometimes I'll travel for that um, to get some extra knowledge in a particular area. Interesting. So what's something that you'd wish you'd been taught in school that had to learn later on in life? Hmm. Uh, specific to chiropractic or just in general? Uh, like in general, anything. Yeah. So um, I just heard another colleague of mine give a really interesting uh, quote that that I thought was exactly right. And what he said was that um, as a chiropractor, you're in the relationship business and chiropractic is kind of like a, a secondary service that you offer. So when you're in school, you're taught a lot of um, technical knowledge, right? How to diagnose, how to treat. You're taught about the human body. But what's missing from sort of all education, in my opinion, is is the uh, emotional intelligence and building relationships and people skills, because the reality is um, in not only my profession, but probably a lot of the other guests that you've interviewed as well, is that uh, your ability to interact with people and build relationships is kind of uh, paramount to to being successful sort of out in the real world. Sure. So how much free time do you have? Like, do you work a traditional 40-hour work week more or less? Um, so I, I do not work a traditional 40-hour work week. Um, I, I spend about uh, 30 to 35 hours a week in my chiropractic office. Um, but on top of that, I also um, teach at a chiropractic college. And that takes about um, maybe 15 hours out of my week. And then I'm also getting my PhD, which probably takes another um, 10, 10 hours out of my week. So it's a pretty long work week, everything combined. Um, but I, I purposefully do that because I kind of enjoy having a lot of variety in my week. So I do work six days a week, um, but it's kind of different stuff every day. And so it's for me, it's really fun and fulfilling. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. So, like, do you have to always go to the office or are you able to, like, sometimes get on Zoom calls like this one and, like, talk to clients? Um, that's a good question. Um, I do a, a little bit of what's called telehealth, which would be mm -hmm. consulting with patients over Zoom. Um, but the truth is that chiropractic is a it's a hands-on profession. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say 98% of my business is uh people coming in into my office and getting treated that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. So, what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for the job? Um so young people that are considering chiropractic, I would um 
I'd recommend that you go out and you find find somebody within the field to that you can look up to and that can be a mentor to you because there's a lot of different uh Every chiropractic clinic is different. It has its own identity. Um, and so it's really important to find the chiropractors out there that pra- that you're aligned with, both, um, you know, philosophically and, um, you know, just that have the life that you aspire to have. You know, I, I found a lot of excellent mentors early on in my chiropractic education. And those are the people that really got me excited about the profession and, and to get through school. So I think um, mentorship is super important to be successful. Sure. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best and most worthwhile investments you've ever made? One of the best all-around investments I've ever made? Yeah. Um, so the best overall investment that I've ever made, at least as it uh, pertains to um, my, uh, my career, is... Um, Again, I have to come back to it. It, it was spending time with mentors. Um, you know, I've made a lot of financial investments, of course, with school, seminars, my business. But, uh, you know, I also have given a lot of my time to go out and seek out the people that are the most successful in the country and in my profession. So that's a lot of flying. That's a lot of weekends. That's giving up a lot of time um, traveling to weird places. But the, the time that I spent uh, with mentors like, uh, you know, Brett Winchester and Tom Lotus and Mark King, people like that. Um, it's total, it's just been invaluable spending time with them. So. Yeah. And this question is perfect for what you just said. Like, can you name any other people that had a huge impact on you? Yeah. Um, so in, in addition to those three, um, you know, Jason Van Ness was my childhood chiropractor. He had a big influence on me. Um, he hasn't, we haven't been as close since I went back to chiropractic school just because we were in different areas. But mm-hmm. uh, the thing about him that drew me to the profession was that he always had a really, he had great energy about him and I just could tell that he loved what he did. So every time that I went to the office, I looked forward to seeing him because I just knew he was going to bring good energy into my day. And so his energy in the office is something that has stuck with me even 15 years later. And so I try to bring that to my office as well. Like, mm-hmm. even if I'm not feeling well, even if I'm having a stressful day, I try to make, you know, that interaction with the patient, the the highlight of their day. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I hope he listens to this and gets to hear that. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he will. Yeah. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Yeah, absolutely. Failure is failure is such an such an important part of the process. And um, you know, I remember my very first week and I just told this story last week, but I my very first week in practice, my first new patient. Um, so this was this was my first patient at my own business. And uh, they came in for the first session, it went great. I said, All right, I'm gonna see you on Friday. Um, and then Friday afternoon came around and the person no, no showed. So they didn't show up to the visit. And I remember putting my head down on my, on my desk and thinking like, you know what, I'm just not cut out for this. I'm never going to be good enough. No one's ever going to pay me for my services. Um, but after I, you know, after I was done feeling bad for myself, I had a slice of pizza and I said, um, you know what, I'm going to use this to motivate me and I'm going to use this to try to, to try to be the best that I can. 
And even to this day, even four years into the business and having built a, a pretty successful practice, I still have those moments. And uh, as long as you turn your failures into motivation and you reflect on um, what led to that, you know, whether or not it was something that was in your hands and if there's something you can do about it, um, you know, you can use those failures to, to motivate you and make you a great version of yourself. Yeah, that's really good advice. So knowing what you know now, what you've done, anything differently growing up? Growing up? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think so. I, um, I, you know, like I said, I had some, some failures and shortcomings along the way. And, uh, it seems like I've always, you know, I'm 30 years old now and it seems like I've always figured things out at just the right time. Like not too early, not too late. Like I've learned the lessons that were meant to be learned. And I figured things out at a time when it was able to, uh, you know, um, work, work for me and not against me. So I don't think I have mm -hmm. anything to change. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what books do you think all kids should read and why? What book? Yeah. So, um, my, my sister, Annabelle, who I believe was also a guest on the podcast, I yep. gifted her a book when she was a senior in high school. And the book is called How to Win at College. And um, there's also a How to Win at High School book. And I think um, even if you're, you know, if you're in middle school or you're in high school or you're a grown adult, the principles of that book have honestly been like my, my guiding light uh, through my career and through my life. And the whole purpose of the book is basically how to, how to balance and structure your life in a way that you can reach you know, career goals and you can reach family goals and you can reach personal and spiritual and health goals all at once. Um, so that book, How to Win at College, which I gifted to my sister, um, I think that book could benefit, you know, such a broad range of ages that uh, I think it'd be worth a read. Yeah. For sure. So if you can make any one rule that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? One rule that everyone had to follow. Um. So if, if I had to create one rule that everyone had to follow, it would be love thy neighbor. I think if everybody, uh, if everyone loved their neighbor, I think we'd all be better off. That's, yeah, I think that that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I think knowing what not to do is just as important, if not more so than knowing what to do. With that in mind, what's the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I've ever received? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so... I, I was told by a um, high school sort of mentor of mine, uh, uh, a high school teacher, that um, I, should, I should work towards making as much money as I can until I'm about 45 years old. And then when I'm 45, I should, I should pursue my passion. And uh, I, I just think that advice was really short-sighted. And um, even at the time, I think I was 16 years old when I heard that. Um, even at the time, I, I knew that that wasn't a good advice and it was going to lead to an unfulfilling life because because uh, um, I think you can do both at the same time. You can live a, a financially comfortable life and you can also pursue the things that are important to you and uh, you don't have to choose one or the other. So. Yeah, that's... But what they said doesn't make very much sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so conversely, what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? So, you know, particularly, 
as it pertains, I have, I have sort of two answers to that. I have a work answer and a life answer. So when it comes to work, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, steps along the way that, that can, that can get you caught up, caught up, right? So whether you're chasing money or whether you're chasing a promotion or whether you're chasing status, I think that you should just be, the only thing that you should be chasing is to be the best in the world at what it is that you do. I've always felt like um, if I'm just the best chiropractor in the world, that all those other things will come, right? Whether it's opportunities to work with a pro sports team or the ability to make good money or the ability to gain recognition. Um, so I've always just chased mastery at my craft and I let those other things fall into place naturally. Um, the other the other thing would be that uh, I heard a quote that how you do anything is how you do everything. So with that in mind, um, you know, you kind of have to take an overall mindset of pursuing everything at a high level. And that doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, sort of over the top, but, um, you know, make your bed, clean your room, uh, clean your car, the way that you exercise, the way that you take care of your body is the same way you should take care of your business is the same way you should take care of your home. So um, just kind of having an abundance mindset, I think, helps you balance everything in your life. For sure. Like who you are, if you are who you want to be, then you'll be able to do the things that you want to do. And then you'll be able to like finally be like comfortable and be able to like retire and like have the things that you want that you've always wanted to have. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for the lightning round. Are you ready? Let's do it. If you could have dinner with any famous person, past or present, who would it be? Um, I would say uh, Jesus Christ is who I would have dinner with. Yeah. So what's your favorite sport to watch? Uh, my favorite sport to watch is actually mixed martial arts. <laughs> Interesting. So what's your favorite food? Um, I'd say my overall favorite food is sushi. Yeah. Cats, dogs, or neither? Uh, dogs. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so what's your dream car? My dream car is a McLaren. Same. Oh, nice. Yeah. We'll get so, there one day. Yeah, one day. Yeah. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, cookies and cream. Good answer. So what's the coolest place you've ever been to? Uh, the coolest place I've ever ever been to is uh, Queenstown, New Zealand. Well, that's, that's lucky. Yeah. So what's your dream vacation destination that you haven't been to yet? Um, dream vacation destination that I haven't been to yet. Um, I, oh, that's a good one, um, that I haven't been to yet. I would say, uh, let's go with, um, Antarctica. That would be cool. So who's your favorite musician? Um, John Mayer. What's the best concert you've ever been to? John Mayer. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Will. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.